Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're going to talk about guidance for VDI workloads in the data center with our special guest, Elise Schaefer, Technical Solutions Specialist at Intel. Hey, Elise, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Hope you're having a good afternoon. Good morning and good evening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we, you know, this whole COVID-19 has really thrown a kink into a lot of things. Yes, yes, uh, it truly has. And it's made uh, us become more aware of our surroundings by all means, right? Oh, I, oh, absolutely. And one of the things that one of the big trends that we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of our um, IT organizations have to deal with teleworkers and the huge influx of you now workloads in our data centers and specifically around virtual desktop infrastructure or VDI. I can tell you that my days days have been consumed with how do I do VDI, how do I size for it, or how do I grow uh, now that I've had it a while, how do I add to it um, so that I can service my, telehome, my teleworkers, my remote workers. Um, customers have been coming to me uh, and to our field like gangbusters. Um, you know, they're trying to add licenses, they're trying to figure out how do they make their workforce available to do work and to keep the business running, right? Yeah, so is it good enough just to buy licenses? Can I cram a lot more sessions onto, onto servers that they already have? What are you seeing out there? So uh, no, because most customers have already crammed as many VMs as they can or VDI sessions as they can actually on the equipment that they already have. They don't have the capacity to add just licenses alone in and of themselves. Um, some are looking at, they've had their VDI solution for so long now that they had, you know, 10, 20% of the workload using the VDI solution. Now they're looking at 100% of the workload or 100% of their employees or at least 80 to 90% of their employees use VDI. And so in that aspect, they need to understand how to size in today's environment, the actual data center components to make a VDI solution that's reliable for their end users. Well, in, in fact, in one of the cases, uh, you actually helped me out with one of my customers. They were moving from 1500 VDI users to 30,000 VDI users. Yeah, that was a big one. That was, um, and, and I'm getting, I'm not getting quite as many of the 30,000 users, but I am getting the four to 5,000 and 10,000 plus users. Uh, the 30,000 was, you know, not, I won't say it's a diamond in the rough, but it's a smaller percentage of what I've seen. Right, so, but I guess the, the numbers here are just astronomical as far as the shift. Everyone's, Truly. Well, yeah, everyone's working from home. Everybody's working from home and everybody want, all, all businesses want to stay working and feeding back to the companies uh, to the, to the, that they have and building, uh, you know, reliable services for their end customers. And the, the only way they can do it with the shelter in place mayhem that we're going through, um, frankly, is to work from home and, and to remain safe and distance from, from our friends, from our, you know, external family pieces um, and to to be able to do that but still stay connected and still stay having the ability to stay with the end customer um, it's been a true challenge for all of us um, and VDI certainly helps like truly helps 
All right, so let's talk about it. And VDI is a little different than some of the other uh, workloads that I'm running in my data center, right? Yeah, VDI in and of itself. So VDI allows those workloads to run from the data center uh, only at the home location, right? Um, so, you know, the applications, whether it be web browser and get to the database and things on the back end, that's all being serviced to the end client uh, device that the remote user is using. So VDI in and of itself is extremely CPU and gigahertz ratio intensive. Um, and you need to, 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 to grow your environment and to size your environment correctly, you need to understand what the VDI profile is. What's the user profile that VM that's being used at VDI session? Is the user a task user? That's usually somebody who's less than uh, six, eight gig of memory or less. It's somebody who is using Word, um, using Excel, using uh, Outlook or an Outlook function and a couple of browser sessions. Um, that is a task worker. It's, it's uh, you know, it could be your help desk, for instance. It could be the, the service desk that you're calling. It could be the first line uh, nurses that you call to do triage, right? So uh, those would you say this is a high percentage of your workers that are probably in that low memory profile? Uh, it depends on the industry. It really does depend okay. on the industry. Um, there are there are industries out there more in manufacturing side that, um, that uses a higher memory profile. Um, so they have higher intense needs. Their memory is higher on the VDI session. Their CPU sometimes stays in alignment to four gig or two gig, or I'm sorry, four vCPU or two vCPU, but the memory goes between six, six, eight, 10, 12, 16. I seen as high as 32 and I've actually seen one larger than that in VD in in memory um, it's just that their their applications that they use are more uh, just more hungry in a memory sense sense um, so you'll see users uh, you know your power users your knowledge users you might know them as when you're sizing for those those are the power then the knowledge users the ones that require because of the applications they require more memory more than 8 gig uh, usually 12 16 32 beyond um, 24. The other thing that we're seeing or we're hearing and being asked a lot about is does my workload need a graphics card? What does what workloads need graphics cards or what workloads are graphics enabled? So there are workloads out there that use a lot of flash content. There's um, CAD design, there's animation, there's uh, a couple of SolidWorks and Iris. There's, there's several workloads out there that are manufacturing specific that do require the graphics card to help not all workloads do your your low memory profile your task user your standard user well doesn't necessarily need a graphics card um, so that know, could it, save you a lot on your cost right when you're trying could. to expand what you currently have yeah because graphics cards are not cheap and if you only get you know say you put a graphics card in there and you get five more users on the host is that worth the thousand fifteen thousand yeah the cost that's you know versus if i put another server in there i can get you know, on a task worker, I can get maybe 200 users or, you know, depending on the workload, right? Um, but 
do know that it is workload specific. The more memory, um, the more memory you need, uh, you know, at the higher profile, you need higher memory. The lower memory, you need a lower profile. Let me get into, you know, kind of sizing and what it takes. So we've done, a, we've done some benchmarks here at Intel, um, and we worked with uh, some other people who've also done benchmarks. So the, the, the information I'm coming with is, is information from what I've seen, not just, you know, fundamental benchmarks, right? Um, so first of all, our, because VDI is CPU and gigahertz ratio intensive, in more gigahertz than anything else, you want to make sure if you want to put the most amount of users on a server that you use the 6258R, the Intel 6258R. It is a 28 core, it's a 2.7 gigahertz. It will actually give you, the two sockets um, will give you a real good use case TCO with the most amount of users on the server. Um, to that point, on memory profiles, we talked about the standard user, the, the low profile user. Again, anything less than eight gig, you are gonna run out of CPU gigahertz first before you run out of memory. So the most you'll need is really a little more than 512 is, between you know 512 and 768, depending on the higher size of memory, if you're using an eight gig, you'll probably go closer to 768 or 576 gig. Sorry, 576 gig before the CPU times out. So if you if you buy a server and you're buying you know 768 gig of memory, to be honest with you, you're kind of not utilizing all that memory right? Um, if your profile is six gig or less, your VDI profile is six gig or less, you're certainly not using that memory. So again, you want to kind of think about it, you know, 512-ish amount of memory is for the task user, the, the task user, the standard user. Now, when you're using above eight gig, and we, we again, we've, we've tested and we, and I've seen it out in the field, eight gig is like the, the, Above eight gig is the mark. So when it's 12 gig, 16 gig, uh, there are some people that are doing 10 gig out there. Um, you can really, you don't want to do anything less than one terabyte and the reason of memory. And the reason that you don't want to do less than one terabyte of memory is because you'll hit the memory bottleneck before you hit the CPU bottleneck. So understand CPU gigahertz is most consuming, but the larger the memory profile, the more memory you need to put in the system. Please start no lower than a terabyte. Now in that memory profile, you can use a mix of DDR and Intel Optane PMEM memory to provide that terabyte or more memory. It does make sense from a cost per gig perspective um, in trying to be optimal in your pricing. Um, so does so, that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So if I have if I have workers that are kind of mixed, not every I'm not going to have two servers, one for low profile profile people and high profile. So if I have a mix in my organization, I'll probably go for more of the higher memory profile sizing. Yeah. Right? So I can handle everything, and we can help decrease the cost by offsetting that cost with um, less expensive um, DCPMM modules, right from Intel. Correct. Um, the PMM modules, that's correct. The Optane PMM modules, that's, uh, that is correct. 
less per gig. Uh, when you're talking about total gig in the server, you're going to be less per gig per server for, versus all DDR. That's great. Now, you also talked about graphics intensive. We do have, there are workloads where you have that, but you don't have to fill your whole rack of machines full of machines that have graphics intensive things. I can have a mix. Is that correct? You can have a mix. And frankly, there are there are customers that have a cluster and they actually pin the lower profile standard uh, task user to certain hypervisors versus the high profile or where the graphic users would be. So you can actually pin those VM sessions, those VDI sessions to one hypervisor and have that failover versus another pool of hypervisors in, in your pooling aspect. Because to your point, unless you're a really huge customer, um, uh, you know, Fortune 10, Fortune 25, Fortune 100, those, um, those ones with, you know, desks that might be outsourced or um, offshored, maybe, those ones are the ones that are going to have dedicated clusters, but most customers don't do that. Uh, makes sense. Now, what about when everyone, everyone arrives at the same time, or everyone logs in at the same time, and I'm booting up these VMs? I could sit there for yes. a long time waiting for my VDI session to come up. What actually can... it, it, it would fail. It would, <laughs> it would fail. fail. All right, so it explain that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, when you do that bootstorm, if you don't have enough network, if you don't have enough uh, speed on your drives to respond back, um, the right drives in the boot drives, you, you know, to load up those VDI sessions, to put that into the actual server, to put that into the memory, so to speak, then frankly, uh, you, you, you're going you're gonna to crash. Um, so it is important to understand whether you're booting on local disk or you're booting on a HCI, a hyperconverged infrastructure, that you use the fastest disk possible in response of um, that boot storm. The Optane P4800 SSD that we have is an awesome option because not only can it read it can write at the same time. So as something is booting up and it's writing out, the people who came two seconds before you can start reading their sessions as soon as it's loaded. It's extremely quick um, and it, 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 get, it takes you over that boot storm. The other things that you could do like in a SAN or NAS, Flash is king because again, they're going to be as responsive. Now, I will say that NVMe drives in and of themselves, no matter who the provider is, um, an NVMe drive either reads or it writes. It's not together, so you, you can't do it simultaneously. So again, you want to make sure that you're putting the fastest drives there for the bootstorm. Now, the capacity tier can be what your capacity needs. doesn't necessarily need to be uh, you know, an Optane or an all uh, hyperflash drive. Okay, could so, be more of a capacity drive. So having having those having those faster drives with that Optane, you know, um, memory with that Optane drive in there will help um dramatically um to mitigate those problems then. It will, and again, to the to that also point, understand the networking, especially um, all these users coming in, the remote users coming in all at, you know, say eight o'clock in the morning, they're hitting your, 
you know, whether it's your VPN that they come into first or the load balancer they come into first, you need to understand and make sure that's sized appropriately to take all those connections straight away so that they can get to the VDI servers. So networking, uh, making sure you have enough bandwidth there is going to be important. Okay, so we covered compute, storage, and network. Ironically, yeah. That's uh, what we see at most data centers. And pushing that bottleneck around is, is important to understand. Thanks for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you liked our episode, go ahead and give us five stars on your favorite podcast or video streaming site. You can also find out more on embracingdigital.com. Until next time, keep moving forward and embrace the digital revolution.